This is Archbishop William Laurie of Baltimore, and you are listening to Catholic Review Radio. Catholic Review Radio is a weekly radio program and podcast hosted by Catholic Review Media, the news operation of the Archdiocese of Baltimore. We are grateful to our Catholic partners for the opportunity to bring quality Catholic programming to our listeners each week. This is Chris Gunther, the Catholic Review. Welcome to Catholic Review Radio. With us today on the show are two people with the Catholic Near East Welfare Association to talk about the situation in Israel and Gaza, where war erupted in early October. CNEWA serves laity, priests, sisters, and bishops of the local churches, CNEWA's boots on the ground, as it were, who receive the association's help, and they touch countless lives in, Israel, in Iraq, Israel, Jordan, Palestine, Lebanon, Syria, Egypt, Eritrea, Ethiopia, India, Armenia, Georgia, and Ukraine. Michael Lasavita, who's joining us today, is Director of Communications for CNEWA, and I should add, he's a longtime friend and colleague in the Catholic press. His colleague joining us is Joseph Hasboon, Regional Director for CNEWA's Jerusalem office. Well, welcome to the show, Michael and Joseph. Before we get started, I want our listeners to know that although this show is being broadcast at the end of October, we talked with Michael and Joseph uh, to record this episode about a week earlier. Given how fluid the situation is in the region, some of what we discussed today may have changed by the time we go on the air. And to provide some context, the war itself was sparked by Hamas's October 7th ambush, coinciding with the Sabbath and Jewish holiday on some 22 locations in Israel. Hamas members gunned down civilians and took at least 199 hostages, according to Israel, including infants, the elderly, and people with disabilities. Israel declared war on Hamas October 8th, placing Gaza under siege and pounding the region with airstrikes as Hamas has returned fire. To date, some 1,400 in Israel, including at least 30 U.S. citizens, and at least 3,500 in Gaza have been killed, according to Palestinian authorities or officials. Many more have been injured. The ensuing humanitarian crisis has left the Middle East, quote, on the verge of the abyss, end quote, said UN Secretary General Antonio Guterres, according to reporting by OSV News. Given all of that, first off, Michael, can you give our listeners an overview of what the Catholic Near East Welfare Association does and where you work and serve? Well, you think you did a very good job, Chris, in listing um, the countries where we work, which is I was out of breath after you were done listening to it because um, it's a it's a bit of a list. But basically, we were founded in 1926, always to work, as you said, uh, well, through the local church, uh, but specifically the Eastern churches. That is those churches that were founded by the apostles in what is now known as the is the Middle East, and then their descendants as they spread through the Caucasus, Eastern Europe, and of course India and Northeast Africa. So we serve both the Catholic and the Orthodox churches that worship uh, using the ancient rites of the Church of the East, and there are many of them in the Middle East. Uh, in 1949, the head of Catholic Near East Welfare Association at the time, during, actually in 1948, during the first Arab-Israeli war, was asked by Pope Pius XII to, uh, <clears throat> to do a, 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 a basically a, 
a, not a tour, but an assessment of what was happening in historic uh, biblical Palestine during this crisis and to figure out a way for the church to respond. That gave birth to the Pontifical Mission for Palestine, of which Joseph is the regional director in Jerusalem and in Israel. And this operating entity, this ad hoc committee, as it was first founded, was founded by the Pope, just like Canewa was founded by his predecessor, Pope Pius XI in 1926. Pope Pius XII founded Pontifical Mission to be a relief and humanitarian organization of the Holy See that would care for Palestinian refugees. At that time, more than 20% of the Palestinian population was Christian. And so they were fleeing into Lebanon and at that time to what, what was known as Transjordan and as well as into areas like the Gaza Strip, which was under Egyptian control. So our work uh, is both is both pastoral in the fact that we accompany the local churches in their witness, uh, whether it's in education or healthcare, or community development, or infrastructure, or uh, information of the faith, but we also do humanitarian work such as relief and emergency relief. And Joseph can speak much better to what we're doing right now in Gaza because of the war as you as you introduced to your listeners. Yeah, thank you. Uh, Joseph, there was an attack October 17th on a Christian hospital in Gaza that received support from CNEWA. Um, there's some uncertainty about who's responsible for that explosion. Hamas leaders in Gaza said it was an Israeli missile. Others say it was a failed rocket launch by the Palestinian Islamic Jihad group in Gaza. Either way, it's a tragedy. Uh, how many people were in the hospital at the time and what's the current situation? Unfortunately, uh, Chris, there were um, around 5,000 people taking refuge at the hospital. In addition to the, to the sick uh, and the wounded who were treated at that hospital at the time. Um, I remember very well the courtyard that was hit by the missile or the rocket because we visited it uh, a number of times over the past uh, decade, uh, during which uh, Kinewa supported a multi-year psychosocial support uh, program for the children. So I know the, the children playground, uh, we witnessed activities there for the children. I know the courtyard, I know the nearby offices the, and the chapel where um, also a number of the um, uh, people whose homes were demolished took refuge. And uh, the sad thing is that uh, following the first minor damage to the uh, diagnostic center, just at the right entrance to the hospital, uh, a number of people taking refuge at the hospital left actually, and I think most of them fled to the south, but they were soon replaced by another uh, similar number who had no place to go other than the hospital because the uh, UN uh, church uh, schools uh, are overcrowded with people, people staying in the classrooms, people staying on the balconies, people staying in the playground. So there was nowhere to go because uh, the, the size of the damage and the number of tower uh, apartments and houses was beyond imagination. 
My goodness. Um, there have been civilian fatalities on both sides, not not just now, not just since the beginning of October, over many years. There seems to be some sentiment in the U.S. that you must either be pro-Israel or pro-Hamas. But aren't there a lot of innocent people who in Gaza who are not members of Hamas, uh, a couple of million Palestinians versus perhaps 40,000 members of Hamas? Can we be supportive of Israel and sympathetic to the Palestinians at the same time? As Christians and as human beings, we have to be sympathetic and supportive of the loss of every human life on any side, because um, wars are fought by governments, by leaders, but the, 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 the ones who pay the price are the people. I dare say that most of the people in Gaza have no political affiliation. They are simply people that are fed up with being under siege for 16 years in a row, since 2007, without freedom of movement, without freedom of travel, deprived of any way of leaving Gaza uh, under the mercy of the blockade imposed by Israel and by Egypt from the south uh, to try to keep the people uh, within. And this um, ongoing chronic crisis uh, was further developed by the decision at the begin- following the October 7th attack uh, and war uh, by a decision by the Israeli government to, be, to, be, to deprive the 2.2 million people water, electricity, fuel, medicine, which is all controlled by the Israeli authorities, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Michael, you referred earlier to the fact that at one time there were maybe 20% of Christians in this area. Uh, Is that number even lower now? And I would assume that Catholics are even a minority of that, right? Oh, sure. There are only, there are fewer than a thousand Christians left in Gaza. Um, The majority of them are members of the, of the, um, Greek Orthodox parish of, uh, St. Bephorius. The majority of of Christians in Israel proper are Greek Melkite Catholics, and I think they number about 140,000 today. Actually, in both the occupied West Bank and in, which is the Palestinian territories, um, and Israel proper, the percentage of Christians is fewer than than two two percent. So the decline is drastic. What is interesting, however, is is that when it was 20% and now less than two, the church has always, or Christians have always had a disproportionate influence on the population. In fact, the the concept of Arab nationalism is a Christian Arab concept. Um, the, the, the many of the uh, initial founders of, of, of any Palestinian national movement were, were Christian. Um, and of course, the first intifada, that is the first uprising um, that that began in the Palestinian territories uh, in 1987, started as a peaceful, we are not paying our taxes movement in Beit Sahur, which is a, uh, a almost entirely at one time Christian town just outside of Bethlehem. So the church's influence is significant that is politically, but also these days more or less culturally and in terms of social services. I think Joseph can give you a, a more precise number, but about 45% of the 
of all charitable activities in the occupied territories are are run by by the church in Gaza. Again, there are only a thousand people there, Christians, but the work of the churches there is so significant in terms of healthcare. Al Ali Hospital that was hit the other day is one example, but also the Near East Council of Churches have two very important pre and postnatal clinics that we've long that Kanewa Pontifical Mission has long subsidized, and of course the all of the psychosocial. PTSD counseling programs that the church operates um, and youth leadership, which Joseph as director has been promoting for quite some time, really important. Um, I, I want to note here, um, not sure if you're aware, but that Greek Orthodox parish compound was hit last night. Um, we're not sure by what. I heard that a church was hit, yeah. but I didn't know what which one it was. Yeah. It's the Greek Orthodox. It's it's the oldest parish in Gaza. Dates to the fifth century. Uh, the the actual church, the foundations are fifth century. The church was built by the Crusaders. The uh, I believe <clears throat> Joseph, you'll correct me if I'm wrong, but the councilor's building, which is in the compound, was hit, and there were some significant uh, uh, loss of life. Yes, unfortunately. Um... Until now, uh, 18 uh, mem Christian members of the Greek Orthodox community uh, were killed. Uh, uh, another unknown number uh, continues uh, uh, to be present, dead or alive, God only knows, uh, under the um, wreckage of the building because the Palestinian teams trying to support uh, are unable and don't have enough machinery or staff to support and help faster in clearing the debris. Uh, you know they are working all over Gaza because the destruction is massive all over Gaza. And so I just saw five minutes ago the, um, the bulldozer trying to lift up the big chunks of cement pieces in order to look for people underneath. And so the number is likely to rise. <clears throat> There's a lot of pain there. Well, it, it, it hit home, Chris, because the parents of our project coordinator are among those who are dead. He, he found them, Sammy found them to see dead last night, I believe. It's hit the Kanewa Pundible Mission family quite hard. I'm so sorry for your loss. We tried to call him last night to, to check on him and his family and he was totally devastated between his mother, who was find, found dead at the Al Shifa and was transferred to Al Shifa Hospital. His father was still under the wreckage before they found out that he was uh, killed. And his sister, who was severely uh, injured, was at another hospital. And at the same time, the team at the Al Shifa Hospital were asking him to recognize some of the people dead at the at the church so it was really a terrible horrible time for him and for us as well in jerusalem i'm so sorry after the break we're going to talk some more with michael lasavita and joseph hasboon of the catholic near east welfare association about the dire situation in the middle east this is chris gunty and you're listening to catholic review radio Catholic news from the Archdiocese of Baltimore and around the world with the Catholic Review. 
Judge Andrew F. Wilkinson of the Maryland Circuit Court for Washington County was fatally shot October 19th in the driveway of his home in Hagerstown. Earlier in the day, the 52-year-old Wilkinson had presided over a divorce case involving suspect Pedro Argote, who remains at large. At St. Anne Parish in Hagerstown, Wilkinson was regarded as very trustworthy and hardworking, according to Monsignor J. Bruce Jarbo, pastor. In an October 19th ruling, Wilkinson had awarded sole custody of Argote's four children, ranging in age from 3 to 12, to Argote's estranged wife. He also ordered Argote, who had initiated the divorce proceedings, to have no contact with the children and to pay more than $1,000 in monthly child support. The ruling is believed to be Argote's motive for the attack, according to Washington County Sheriff Brian Albert. Police officers had responded to the residents for verbal domestic assaults two times within the last few years, according to Albert. Born in Guam, Wilkinson studied economics at the University of North Carolina and completed his law degree at Emory University School of Law. He was admitted to the Maryland Bar in 1997 and joined the Maryland Circuit Court for Washington County in January 2020. He was involved in several charitable and civic outreaches and was also a youth soccer and baseball coach. For more on this story, visit catholicreview.org. From the newsroom of the Catholic Review, I'm George Matasek. This is Archbishop William Laurie of Baltimore and you are listening to Catholic Review Radio. We're back on Catholic Review Radio talking with Michael Lasavita and Joseph Hasboon of the Catholic Near East Welfare Association about the situation in the Middle East, especially Israel and Gaza. President Biden addressed uh, the nation October 19th from the Oval Office after returning to, from Israel and meeting with leaders in the region. But he spoke only briefly about humanitarian aid. How can humanitarian aid, food, water, fuel, the other things that you've been talking about, how can that reach the Palestinians who are in great need? If I may, I'm not sure it will or can. Um, right now, there's only one place that it can get to anyone, and that's from Egypt in the south. And the roads, from what I understand, the roads in the deep south are pockmarked with missiles and, and, and craters. Uh, so those roads have to be repaired in order for, right now we're only looking at a convoy of, tru of 20 trucks. Right. Twenty. That's a, that's a drop in the bucket of what, what is needed for 2.2 million people. Remember, it's been under siege or under a blockade for how many years, J Joseph? Since 16 years. Yeah, 16 years. So there was very little supplies in the country, in the, in the Strip to begin with. And is there some concern that Hamas would uh, intercept or divert those, uh, those materials coming in? Yes, there's always that concern that they would that they could, no question. The convoy, I believe, is the international is is Red Crescent, but it's also UN. So um, they're negotiating with with not negotiating, but guaranteeing delivery to the people um, that need it. But again, twenty trucks, and if they get in right now, there are no signs of them being able to get in, and th those roads have to be repaired. Thing is, is that. 
much of Gaza has a lot. Reason why we're so concerned about healthcare is because of the lack of of electricity to 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 run things like generators, to run sewage, you know, waste management plants. There are a lot of waterborne illnesses. There's a high mortality rate. You have seventy percent unemployment. It's unfortunate. It's located in a beautiful part of the world, but it's turned into a into a horrible prison, as it were. Um, with very little water and food to begin with, certainly electricity, and now it's worse. Yeah. What are the steps that would need to be taken to move toward peace in this region? <laughs> or is that too big a question? Yeah, that's a that's a huge question. I, to be honest, if if I may, I I think that that even though the vast majority of 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 our work benefits the 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 non-christian population strengthening the christian population is very important to us why well to answer your question i think that christianity offers a different path you know pope saint paul the 6th said we if we want peace we must work f- toward justice no peace no justice no peace and justice needs to be on both sides, um, there has to be justice, but we need to understand what justice is. Justice is not revenge uh, of any sort. And so Christianity offers a different way, a different path given to us by the Prince of Peace. And my fear, I know Joseph's fear as a member of the Latin Catholic community of Jerusalem, is that as the number of Christians decline, so do those who witness the gospel uh, that was given to us, uh, not to start a new religion, but to fulfill and to bring about an age of peace. Of course, that's not what's happened. Uh, that's mm-hmm. not what's happening here. All I'm saying is, is that I, 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 a, a, stra- a more robust church, a remote, more robust Christian community that thoroughly understood what our vocation is, particularly the Palestinian or the, because there are Armenian Christians and Ethiopian Christians that also live in, in, in the Holy Lands, but Christians there understood what their vocation is as peacemakers and to, to always advocate um, justice, but work toward work, work toward justice, but always in the cause of peace. Mm-hmm. Cardinal O'Brien, who served as the Grand Master of the uh, Equestrian Order of the Holy Sepulchre, said that the Christians in in that area are the living stones on which the the, the faith was built. Precisely, and and so we we work to to um, enhance and and build them not only in in their apostolic endeavors reaching out to the community, but also Joseph and his team have done an incredible job of, of starting with the basics and catechesis for children, uh, cr- developing curricula and formation programs with the scouts. So um, it's really a combination of things um, to, to build the church, build the community and, and advocate peace. This is a good time to ask, how can people support the work of the Catholic Near East Welfare Association and other Catholic partners in the Middle East? If I may, Michael, I think, first of all, we need uh, we need prayers. Because in this 
conditions and situation that we live in and that we have been witnessing since 1967, but most importantly in Gaza since 2009 with four wars in addition to various skirmishes that left victims here and there, it's prayers because only God can really bring some sense uh, to the minds of those in power to make the right decisions. And then uh, donations, support to the large net network of institutions that are providing support on the ground so that uh, the Christian, the dwindling Christian community can continue to bear witness. Uh, they are really the salt of the earth. Uh, as Michael indicated at the beginning, um, uh, we just recently did a, a study on the Christian institutions in Palestine, and uh, the, the this less than 2% are, are providing vital services to some 33% of the population. Uh, they are the third employer after the PA and the, and UNRWA. Wow. So, so we need the support, but I believe also we need advocacy. It's very important to exert every pressure to cease fire at once and to see the value of every human being, whether they live in Gaza or in Bethlehem or in Jerusalem or in Tel Aviv or in uh, or wherever. Every human life matters. Thank you. Uh, Michael, where can people donate? Sure. www.cnewa.org. Again, www.cnewa.org. Catholic Nation's Welfare is a 501c3 charity um, registered in the state of New York. Uh, financial statements are available. We are known for being a an efficient, transparent, and always accountable to our donors. Um, that's a, that's an important point to make, uh, and particularly uh, in this day of um, it, where we really suffer from the lack of transparency and accountability in so many organizations. Uh, Catholic Near East has a sterling record in that regard. Thank you. Well, we have been talking today with Michael Lasavita and Joseph Hasboon of the Catholic Near East Welfare Association. You can get more information at cnewa.org. Thank you both so much for being with us today. Thank you, Chris. Thank you, Chris. Thank you. This is Chris Gunty of the Catholic Review, and you've been listening to Catholic Review Radio. Remember the spirit of your parish community, the power of worshiping together, the warmth of friends new and old who share your faith. Join us for Mass this weekend. Visit archbelt.org to find a Catholic parish near you. Feel the joy. Tune in to Catholic Review Radio next week. Available on WMET 1160 AM and 103.1 FM. Also, WSJF 92.7 FM in the Sykesville area and WVTO 92.7 FM in Baltimore City. Check us out on SoundCloud or your favorite podcast app. Thank you for joining us for this edition of Catholic Review Radio. As we prepare for the week ahead, let us do so in prayer together as one community of faith. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. 
Let us also ask the blessing and intercession of our Blessed Mother as we pray, Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now and at the hour of our death. Amen. May Almighty God bless us and keep us always in his love.